Hello and welcome to Money Matters. I'm Dave Petso and I'm here podcasting, kind of, sort of, and I will be live next week. And again, as we're talking about, we're going to play around with this. So whatever you think, let us know. We appreciate it. And for those of you who have commented about sound quality, things like that, thank you. We appreciate it. We're, we will endeavor to uh, improve, and that is how it helps us to improve. If you have any comments, questions, we'd love to shoot, have you shoot those over during the week so that we can, in fact, if you will, go ahead and deal with uh, those questions on the podcast and also hopefully some live calls like next week when we're back. Okay? All right. So I, I, I want to touch on this, and then I'm going to go back to, again, overthinking, okay? But I need a little bit longer segment to talk about this because the DOL, Department of Labor, is uh, sounded in just this past week that equity-indexed annuities are extremely high uh, fees. Uh, wait a minute. I thought they didn't charge any fees, according to people that sell them. But the Department of Labor is not happy about that, that people are saying that when they are charging up to 10% commissions. And according to the Department of Labor, not Dave Petzo, according to the Department of Labor, excess fees and lost investment returns are chipping away at the retirement savings of Americans. Hmm. Sorry, but that's not my quote. That's the quote of the Acting Secretary of Labor, Julie Sue in her statement this morning. You can look it up, and I suggest you do, especially if you're considering owning one of these horrifying products. Um, even the Department of Labor says, uh-uh, no go anymore. We want more disclosures. We want people to act in a fiduciary capacity, uh, which they don't have to and don't at all with people's retirement money, meaning IRAs and 401Ks and rollovers. The fixed annuity sales are up 25% this year, the Department of Labor said. And an advisor doesn't have to meet the fiduciary standards to sell this product. I will put my quote in there, crap product. The Department of Labor is a little more uh, excess fees, chipping away at Americans' earnings. So the Department of Labor goes on to, again, talk about the exemptions that were allowed, and they're not happy at all about it, and they're going at, at this again to say there has to be a fiduciary responsibility with the most important asset people have, and that's their retirement assets. People are walking away in 401ks, need a lifetime of income, and are paying excessive fees and without disclosures even though the disclosures that they've ha had and been allowed to say now, apparently, I don't think it's actually true, but there are people that aren't being shut down either, and that is that there are no fees. There obviously are when you charge 10% commissions, and the Department of Labor is not remotely happy about that. Will this happen? I believe so. There, there, it, it has a 60-day period here to rest. So there'll be 60 days of intense selling going on because at the end of that period, the folks will have to act in a fiduciary uh, capacity and disclose that there's 10% commissions. Who puts money into something that has a 10% commission? Ironically, just this week also, 
the Realtors Association settled for $1.8 billion of excess fee because they charge 6% commissions typically on a house, although very few people actually pay 6 It's usually 3 to 6 somewhere in that range. $1.8 billion they settled for. Commissions and fees are coming down. I said I just got back from the Schwab conference. It's weird, but there wasn't one equity indexed annuity booth there. Super weird. I just I, like walking around going, wow, this is so weird. A ro room full of CFPs that manage hundreds of billions of dollars. And there's not one equity indexed annuity pimp in the room. It's amazing. I just, I, because obviously all these CFPs and financial advisors, they're all CFPs, but most all of them are, um, don't know about this amazing product. But the Department of Labor doesn't find it to be good. And so uh, we are seeing things that are now coming. I think it's finally going to be wrapping up. For the first time, the Department of Labor said, the proposal applies the fiduciary standard even to one-time advice, meaning you roll over your IRA into this equity index annuity, it has to meet a fiduciary standard. And it won't. High commission products can't and don't meet the fiduciary standard. I've been talking about this for a while now, that if people want income for life, that you can set up certain things in annuities that don't take 10% up front. There's actually, there's a zero commission, no fee annuities out there. Um, it's, it's amazing what's happening. And as we've talked about many, many times, for those people out there that really need, feel they need, even after a proper education, that you can't, they can't handle the volatility. They need to know that some of their downside, at least, is protected. That there's everything out there now. And they trade exchange-traded funds. And they have uh, structured notes. And these structured notes, yeah, they have fees because investment bankers don't put these things together for free. But you see, the, th the thing is, is they're all competing against each other for the billions of dollars that are put into structured notes. Billions, 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 billions. We have tens of millions here at, at our office where people uh, want a certain amount of upside or they want a certain amount of income. You structure these notes around those needs. And then we take them and you go out and you say, Goldman Sachs, go ahead and bid on it. Morgan Stanley, take a shot. How, how much can you do it for over at Goldman Sachs? And they compete against each other. Why? Because they put it in a black box and, and, and hedge it with all the options and, and things that they do in an instant. So it's all computer driven. And they're happy to do it for like a quarter of a point. 0 0.25. 0 0.25. Not a high commission or a high bar. And so all of them are competing against each other. It's an amazing thing to see. Wasn't available like that. They've had structured notes forever. But nothing like this five years ago to the average investor. It's amazing. It's so amazing. When I think about what's, what technology has enabled to the smallest investors out there, trading for free, for free, buy and sell stocks, buy and sell ETFs, no cost for the transaction. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, excess fees in, ver in, in equity indexed annuities are about to go bye-bye. It's amazing to me that it's taken this long, to be honest with you. 
And it's amazing to me that somehow the insurance companies that do this stuff, because you see they never do show up at a CFP conference, at a registered investment advisory conference. They're not the ones paying tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to be in a conference. Rooms full of people that manage hundreds of billions of dollars. It's a lot to buy a booth. And there are hundreds of them there, literally. I actually had somebody say, did you see our booth there? Because we had, at the, uh, we had a, a meeting this week. And the wholesaler said, did you see our booth there? And I said, I don't know how I missed it. Because I, I don't, but I don't remember seeing it, right? If there's so many. There are no equity indexed annuities because it's a non-fiduciary product and this room is full of fiduciaries. Legally, fiduciary. Not, oh, well, well, you do the right thing, then you're a fiduciary. No, it's not. That's, that, that's hopefully you do the right thing. But putting all of, of people's money, according to the Department of Labor, according to the CFPs, according to any fiduciary, any fiduciary is wrong. It's dead wrong, and that's the way it's been pimped. And that's the problem that we have. I'm not here to beat up on the equity indexed annuity pimps. This, I'm just letting you know the Department of Labor is onto it. It'll be about three more months, and they're going to be, in my opinion, I just don't think they have a chance this time. I know the insurance lobby is powerful. I know it. I know how powerful they are. It's just, they are. But this is too much. When people's retirement savings are eroded in such an egregious fashion just to pay high commissions, just to enrich insurance companies and their agents, where people are become insurance agents dropping their investment licenses in order to not meet a fiduciary requirement so that they can't say what they want and do what they want, is simply not matching the scrutiny anymore. And high commissions have long since left the investment arena decades ago. They still hang around the insurance arena, but not for much longer. I wanted you to know that. If you want to put on pause the, your thought of following up on the dinner seminar you just went to, the equity indexed annuity pitch you just heard, I think it would be worthwhile hearing what the Department of Labor's findings are over the next three months. Really do. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe the CFPs of the world. You don't have to believe the hundreds of billions of dollars that registered investment advisories control. Trillions of dollars. You don't have to believe any of that. You don't have to believe Warren Buffett, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan. You don't have to believe any of them. But you might want to listen to the Department of Labor's findings of how horrible this is. And know that there are alternatives out there that are very, very low cost and are available through fiduciaries. Remember, what is a fiduciary? Basically somebody that doesn't get paid by selling a product. They just get paid as quarterly as, you, as, as your advisor. And they have every tool available. None of them pay more than the other. That's basically it.
they have to do whatever is in your best interest and all those things. And of course, nice people do what are always what's in your best interest. But why hide behind a non-fiduciary rule? Just be a fiduciary. And then the rules and your good moral character are both aligned. Okay? All right. So big deal. And that was in the statesman even, right? I, was just, I mean, my goodness. This is big. This is big, 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 big. If I didn't mention, it's big. It's a big thing. Finally, finally. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. All right, I want to go back. I don't, I'm not here to beat up on the equity index annuity pimps. That's, I, I know, that gets tiresome. I don't want to do it. It, 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 it always comes back to this, oh, you're in competition. We're not in competition. We're just fiduciaries. That's all. We're not in competition with these clowns. We're not. That's it. We run an investment firm, not a sales firm. That's it. It's totally different. But it feels that way if when I keep talking about these dangerous products. And so I don't want to do that. Okay? So let's, let's turn the page. Next subject, please, is back to the same subject. Overthinking. Quit overthinking. I mean it. Stop it. Okay? We talked about it in the first hour, right? Overthinking it with interest rates. Like, what are interest rates going to do? What's the Fed's going to do? Blah, 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 blah. Coming from the Schwab conference, it's all talk about the 60-40 not working. Okay? Okay, well, it had its worst year, so now actually it's repriced and bonds are better than they have been in 15 years. They were, it wouldn't work for 15 years. Now it might, okay? And I'm not saying you ought to have a 60-40 portfolio. I'm not saying that at all. That may not be your objective. It's not the portfolio we use for in income and retirement. We'll talk more about that in the next segment, as a matter of fact. We're going to talk about why in the world would you, if, if interest rates are this high, why don't I just go get a 6% bond and call it a day, Okay because we have to worry about inflation too. That's why. All right. So let's, let's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. But, but, and we also talked about then the flip of that is, is overthinking it with stocks. Like the stock market's down and you can't buy growth. Well, as I promised you, so I'll finish up this segment by saying this, as I promised in the last hour, I'm going to turn your mind on its head. Now understand this. Wall Street babbles about things that are absolutely and, and uniformly talks about it. Interest rates, da, 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 da. you can't own stocks in a rising interest rate environment. Absolutely not true, historically. Absolutely, 100% not true. So after a while, and the market kept going up when interest rates were rising, then they quit saying that. And then somebody actually showed the data. But these are things that are, happen all of the time. And we think, these people are really smart. They're making you know, a million dollars a year, and they come out and babble. And they babble about interest rates, and they sound really smart, and they're talking about this and this, and they're making predictions that don't seem to come true. But that's all right. They sound smart, and they keep going. And so when it comes to this, they came into the year saying that growth stocks could not go up, meaning Apple, Google, Netflix, couldn't go up in a rising interest rate environment. That's what they said, and they all said it. It's actually the opposite of that. And so when we get into 23, when you're supposed to not own growth stocks, and, and now the NASDAQ's up 30%, and the rest of the S&P is zero, or maybe slightly negative, okay? It's all growth. That's the only thing working. Why? I was told you need to focus on value. Well, the reason you focus on value is because Wall Street does a really neat job of driving the car through the rearview mirror. Here's what happened yesterday, okay? How helpful is that? It's not. Everybody knows what happened yesterday, and why would I think that continues? So here's the point. Here's what logic is. Just react to the ground conditions. If things go down 
buy them if they have a good-looking future. Not an immediate good-looking future. Do I think that Amazon off 30% is a – do I think Amazon changed? And so now they don't have a good future. No. Okay. Then off 30% makes sense. How about I buy Facebook if I don't think there's a problem there long term off 50%? What about Tesla? Do I think they're a battery company, a tech company that's way, way ahead of everybody else and it's off 70%? Would I think about owning it? Maybe, maybe not. Pretty, high, pretty vol volatile. But this is an opportunity to say, I wish I would have owned Tesla and buy it. All these companies are up massively this year. We all know that. And uniformly, Wall Street said you can't own them because we overthink and tell you things that sometimes aren't true. So what does make sense of the ground conditions? All right? So 22 had value stocks in a rising interest rate environment doing okay. Okay? That's companies that pay dividends and stuff. But when interest rates get to a certain point, hmm, then that 3% dividend you're getting, when interest rates were 2, that looks pretty good. Does it look pretty good when interest rates are 5 and 6? Not so much. So doesn't it make sense that, in fact, it's the opposite, and growth stocks do fine in a rising interest rate environment because why? They grow. They have nothing but cash. They don't have a lot of debt. They're not a dinosaur industry that's just pay kicking off cash. They're growing, so people are willing to pay multiples for that. But if you have a choice, would you want to buy a company that you don't think is growing much, but that's okay, it kicks off a nice 3.2% dividend, and you hope someday that'll get to 3.5% when you can get 5.5% risk-free today? Of course there's pressure on those companies. Of course there is. It's logical. And it's actually true. So what stocks have cr been crushed with this year? Well, if you listen to the babble, you would have thought it was going to be growth stocks, but it's not. It's the value stocks that they told you to keep. But it makes perfect sense. If I have a dividend-paying stock, real estate, called REITs, R-E-I-T's, they trade like stocks. They are stocks. That's what they are. They're companies. They happen to be in real estate. They paid the big dividends. They're being crushed this year, but I thought you could buy value and get those dividends this year. They're being crushed. So here's what we do now. Buy those. You got growth up massively this year. Maybe they're not the greatest buys. How about NVIDIA? Should I be buying NVIDIA up 180%? But you can. There's people, I'd still own it. It's okay. But it doesn't fit in a retirement portfolio. And now we're seeing amazing yields on both the bond side, the stock side, real estate. It's amazing. Buy and one own real estate. There, there's a broad statement. I'm going to save that one for the next hour, next hour. How about the next segment? Because it's not that big a segment. But I will talk about why you should be thinking about some of these different sectors that everybody throws in the same bucket and says, don't buy them. Can't. Own them. And you can and should. But you have to know what you're doing. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back. Thank you again for joining us. And of course, if you have any comments or questions, shoot those over to PetsoFinancial.com. We have, of course, our podcasts there and we've got Zoom as well, which is really YouTube. You can also, if you, if you do sign up, 
and hit that notification button. Anything new, will you'll get notified that we have a new posting out, which we'll do here in a couple of weeks because, well, the market's been sloppy lately. So, you know, we just got to probably talk about it a little bit. So even though we're having a nice rally so far this week, we'll see what happens. All right. But I, I promised I'd talk a little bit about real estate and, and how, again, looking at the ground conditions and how we can mismanage it. So we get our, 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 our data feed, okay, because it's not even knowledge or information. It's just this news thing that most of the time is just data feed, right? So the data we all know is what? You can't buy real estate. Interest rates are up. Real estate's the next shoe to drop. Commercial real estate, blah, 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 right? Because they have a refinancing problem, and they do in certain sectors. So what do we have going on here? First of all, you have rising interest rate environments, meet high dividend paying stocks called REITs. Okay? All right, so it's fair. Fair to take the price down a little bit. But you know what? It hasn't taken them down a little bit. It's taken them down a lot. So let's take two companies here, okay? One, I'm not going to name the name, but it happens to be the biggest REIT out there. It won't be very hard to find. But one of them is a into logistics. They build industrial things, and they build stuff for Amazon, distribution centers, things like that. They're a logistics company. Let me think. How is their occupancy? Well, it's 96%. How are they raising rates? I mean, come on, this is a terrible environment to be raising rates. They must be giving it away. Nope, about 15% a year going up. Stock's down like 30-plus percent from its highs. Okay, were the highs too high? Okay, let's discount it further. It's down. It has nothing to do with see-through office buildings in San Francisco that nobody's going to give financing on. Nothing. Nothing. It isn't dealing with drug addicts on the, on the step of the building. It's not dealing with the fact that nobody wants to be located there anymore. It's not dealing with no policing. It isn't dealing with any of that. And they have such massive amounts of money. They've already paid for their land, all these things that they really don't have any refinancing issues at all, at all. So we throw it in the bucket, and if you're a Wall Street trader, you're saying, interest rate's going up, sell real estate, sell dividend payers, sell, sell utilities. So what they do is they sell short XLRE because it's easy to do. What's the biggest component of XLRE? The biggest REIT. Okay. So, so it gets sold down, not for any fundamental reason. I call that opportunity. Do I pick the bottom? No, I haven't picked the bottom. I've been super wrong for the last 10%. Okay? I think I'll live with that. The point is, is that you have an opportunity because of wrong trades, meaning this has nothing to do with this company. However, if we uniformly throw everything in the same bucket, and machines do, then sell real estate is a mantra when rates are rising. Absolutely. Give you another one. This one's an actual office building. <laughs> Terrifying. Except they have 96% occupancy. What? And they're very specialized. Tiny. Wouldn't even hear about it. What does Washington, D.C., do. They employ lots and lots of government contracts. They do nothing. They do all bad. You're right. That's true. That's true. They do nothing good. But what they have is a lot of defense contractors flying drones, doing cybersecurity right there. And for firms that specialize in that, 
what does a see-through office building in LA have to do with that? What does the policing problem in Chicago have to do with that? The answer is nothing. But throw them in the same bucket, and now you're getting an immediate start at a price level you didn't even imagine. And they raise their dividends every year. That's what I'm talking about by looking at the ground conditions and looking at the opportunities and not reading the headlines. Real estate bad. Okay. That's it. End of story. Not. And so the fundamentals, you throw it all in the same bucket and you say, this is an opportunity. And that is across the board. There's nothing predictive about that. Nothing overthinking about it. It's simply saying, this is what you can do right now. And because everything is sold off, that's what we ta talk about all the time. What are we walking past? What do the ground conditions tell us we can do now and not sit around and try to predict what's going to happen? It doesn't make your timing perfect. It means that you buy things at discounted prices, you hope. Sometimes things don't work out in investing, as Warren Buffett points out. Most investments are mediocre at best. That's Warren Buffett. That works for me. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us. Once again, PetsoFinancial.com. If you have any comments, questions, we appreciate it. We really do. And um, we're just going to try this format from time to time. I'll be back live next week to take your calls. So we're just going to try this from time to time because it gives us a chance to just really focus in and think about, um, you know, a topic and then kind of run with it in more detail, if you will. So this I want to kind of tag on again, right? So we're talking about overthinking things, right? Overthinking, predicting, et cetera. Now, don't do that. So what we're really saying is this. Here's what we know. Okay, what, here's what is the ground conditions now. Interest rates are higher. You can now own bonds. Should you? That's another evaluation, okay? But you can. It needs to be now considered. That's what's in the mix. Should you own REITs that are being discounted? That's now a question. You can because there is a discount in that area. Now, we always have to be careful, go, well, there's a discount in emerging markets. No kidding, because dictators run those now. Okay, so it's something we, again, it's back on the shelf and collecting dust. 20 years ago, emerging markets were amazing because freedom was breaking out all over the world. Ground conditions have changed. So to sit here and say that it's okay to own part of your portfolio with dictators that can make companies go away and owners disappear, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all, at all. And also the growth rates in these countries are, are disintegrating to zero. How's Venezuela doing for the past 20 years, right? Colombia, Brazil, which was kind of a, looking pretty good for a while. Mexico, the ever-corrupt, unbelievable, has a really wealthy but stupid um, neighbor uh, next door, continues to have corruption be the name of the day. Gangs run, whatever you want to say. It's all corrupt, and therefore it doesn't work. So, so emerging markets you move away from. You don't be stuck. We, but we sit here on these ground conditions. We go, this is what we know. 
and we can start considering, right? You have a discount over here. You have a discount over here, but then you go, mm, but there's a good reason why. I think that's what we call a value trap, okay? I don't care if Disney is a lot lower price. They're terrible. They can't figure out any of their things, right? They can't figure out how to stream. They have the best library in the world, and they ought to be giving it away to everybody. I mean, I already know how to run the company. Give it away at $6 and quit trying to change everything. And then somebody goes, somebody goes, oh, what do you want? Uh, I'm going to put my kid in front of this because i got to go to the, yeah, here, here, watch Cinderella. That's it. And they've managed to ruin that. It's unbelievable. You already have the library. It, it doesn't matter what you charge because everything you charge is there. You don't have to produce all these new things. You already have the most amazing library because anybody with a kid or a grandkid pays you $6 a month to have access to all of that. It's just it, it, uh, remarkable. So they're completely incompetent and stupid. You have to get rid of them. Okay? So I, I think this is why I say you look at the conditions and then you evaluate whether it's okay. So we're talking about REITs. We're not talking about all REITs. Do I think you ought to be buying Chicago real estate? No, I don't. You don't have to catch a falling knife. Let it fall. Let them figure out, is anybody coming back to Chicago? Why would you? I don't know. I can't believe you would. I mean, it's dangerous. I, I came back from a conference, and I have to uh, say to the, you know, to the people running the conference, why? Why are we in Philadelphia? It's like a dangerous place. Well, we hired more security. That doesn't matter. It's dangerous. It's stupid. Why are we here? They don't have this problem in Denver. They don't have this problem in Kansas City, right in the middle of the country. You don't have to hold it right next to me, but why are we in dangerous places that need more security? It's ridiculous. You people are stupid. And they are. It is. It's ridiculous. So I don't know why we do these things, and, 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 but sometimes you just have to look at it and go, I don't, I don't want to own that because it's a value trap. I don't want to be in Chicago in a see-through office building. I just don't. I don't see where the upside is there. Okay? There is at certain price levels and on and on, but I don't have to be there. There's lots of opportunities out there. So here's what we know. Here's totally what we know. Robotics are coming. Yeah. Who's going to win? Don't know. I don't even need to evaluate that. But I can buy bots. It's an ETF. Robotics is on the way. Oh, but is that, isn't that AI? Or yeah, they, they're, they're pretty darn close together because obviously AI is going to be involved in robotics. But it's also like dumb machines that put all the Teslas together. Okay? They're not thinking machines. They've been programmed to just put the things together. 24-7, they don't get sick. Once in a while, they break down. That's it. And then they have an engineer go over, software, that's it. Fix it. Incredible. So we know that. What's going on in medicine? How about genetics, biotech, amazing stuff. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. I don't know who's going to win. I have no idea who has the Alzheimer's cure. I really don't. They really don't. But it's going to be amazing, right? And, 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 and we see the, you know, I, I, I can't wait for DNA tests to be part of your annual physical. At least you get one every five years or ten years or whatever. It's part of it, right? Because right now it's already down below $1,000. So this is a question I asked, like, way last year. It's like $600. Why don't insurance companies pay for this? Why don't people just go get it? Why doesn't every business just start up and go, we do DNA testing, $600. I want one, right? Because then I know 
what I need to be eating or, or doing different or what's, what, what could happen to me? What are, what are my risk factors, right? Not waiting for something to happen, okay? So anyway, I, these are things that are coming. So I say, well, healthcare, genetics, yeah. I know that's coming. I don't, that's not predictive. It's here. It's rolling. And I have to understand the, the whole thought process of what linear and, ex, and, and, and exponential difference is. 30 steps is 30 meters. Okay? 30 exponential steps is billions of miles. That's exponential. And what, is, what does that mean? It means that's what technology works on. That's what Moore's Law. It's doubling, 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 doubling. So it gets faster, it doubles the speed, and doubles again. At first, that doesn't matter because you're doubling from zero. So you go from one pixel, Kodak gave this away. One pixel becomes two. You can't tell the difference. It's still garbage. Two becomes four. Oh, goody, goody. Give it away, they said. Give it away. We don't, this is nothing. This doesn't work. Becomes eight. Sixteen. Millions and billions later. And they gave it away. And Kodak became a, oh, <laughs> they have a Kodak museum, I think, though. Yeah, they do. They have a museum somewhere. Amazing. We think about it, but at first it doesn't, it's not just picking on the Kodak people for being stupid. That is unbelievably off the charts stupid, okay? But it's all of us not understanding what exponential means. Slow, slow, slow in your face, and you're out of business. Doesn't that feel like AI now? We've bent the curve. It's not slow anymore, it's really fast, and it's coming like a freight train everywhere and we don't even know what it looks like yet we can't define it we just know it's going to be like wow do you really think that we're going to have pilots on airplanes other than for the token awareness as people get on and go no i can't really get they already fly themselves most of the time don't you well they'd be really i'm not getting on an airplane that's why they're going to have a pretend captain standing by the door hi hello and the and the airplane will take off and fly and it will see everything around it it will adjust for wind speed and do everything perfectly, amazingly. And once in a while, one will crash. Far less than humans, but we'll do the same thing we do with Tesla. You, did you hear about that one in Indiana? <laughs> Guy got killed. There's no way I'm going to have an autonomous vehicle. Yes, you will, when you understand that, be, that that's one versus dozens or hundreds or thousands of human deaths because they don't drive as well as the autonomous car. Things aren't perfect. But these things are coming. So all of these things are coming, and whether it's in, 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 in somebody's favorite green energy or whatever, I'd be careful there because so much of that subsidized it can go away in a heartbeat, stroke of a pen, and so much of it is just stupid um, political waste. So be careful in those areas. But where there's real innovation and creation, that is where you want to be saying, I know that's coming. And I don't have to know who was going to win. Is 3D printing real? Yeah, it is. Who's going to win? Don't know. Own the whole thing. That's all. Own robotics. The Internet of Things. This is coming. And you can also own the guys that control all the money and are spending billions, 
billions to stay ahead, to catch up, to move forward in new billion-dollar companies. They're called Google, Apple, Amazon. And when they discount, this is what we know. Oh, I need to own that. That's it. You don't overthink it. Just don't overthink. We all do it all the time. We'll be back for our final segment. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Okay, so we've had a fun time today talking about overthinking things, okay? And, and, and I, I can talk and talk and talk, but I'm going to shift gears just a little bit because we also talked about the Department of Labor coming in and putting, trying to put a kibosh on high-cost, high-fees equity index annuities. That will change a lot in the retirement sector if it's approved over the next three months. And I said, hey, folks, stay away from the um, se seminars. Just don't do it. Just, why don't you give the Department of Labor 90 days or so to come out with some stuff, okay? Just give it some time. Take, whew, you don't have to roll all your money over today. I know you're supposed to roll it all. 100% of your money needs to be in, in that, right? You don't want to be in the markets or something that actually works, okay? But here's what's changing on that. So I say don't go to an equity index annuity seminar. But there's other ones too, okay? They're, they're, they're not all. There, there's, there are lawyers out there pitching trusts at these, okay? And showing horrible things about somebody in California, uh, uh, probably a well-known actor that lost half of their money or 80% of their money to taxes and stuff. It has nothing to do with you, nothing, what, whatever. The people that um, have a house and a bank account have got to have a trust, or that's going to be them. And it's, it's ridiculous. And I'm not saying you don't need a trust. I'm just saying, why would you go to a seminar and believe that you're not being pitched something, anything at all? At all. The other one out there, too, is the, the, the Roth conversions one. Uh, this is the one where they're telling people, you know, if you don't have this, and, and they use a lot of big words and stuff, because I, I remember a, a very, very thoughtful client that, that wrote down all of the questions there and was really great about it. So she's, like, bringing these in, and I, I'm like, I, I honestly, I don't know what they mean by that, right? So it's like some, you know, whatever, some, some technical term that they use to throw out, which I think makes people think they're really smart. Um, that's the whole pitch theory, right? You've got to look smart. But what it all boils down to is this. Fear? Fear of losing all your money? Fear of the markets? Fear of the tax man, the boogeyman? Scaring people into doing things that they wouldn't do if they investigated it with a clear mind. It's all based in fear all the time. Listen to them. You don't want to be in the market. It's a casino. No, it's the only wealth-creating thing that you don't do anything, but it goes up 10% a year for all of your life, all your parents' lives, all your grandparents' lives. I mean, it just does it. Oh, but it could go way, way down, and you got to be careful of all the digital currencies and all the whatever, okay? It's all fear, isn't it? Because why would I buy a pretty brick that doesn't yield anything if I wasn't afraid? Why would I put my money into an equity index annuity that pays 10% commissions, tie my money up because I can't change my mind. I'm tied up if I wasn't afraid. Well, I wouldn't, of course. So people wouldn't do this without fear. It's all wrapped in that. You wouldn't put all your money in a trust and pay somebody three or $4,000 to 
to have boilerplate trust work done that you can get online if that's what you want. Um, you wouldn't do it if you weren't afraid that the probate was going to be so gruesome. So they sell you. Fear. They do it also. Tax rates are going higher. Roth conversions or are they really selling annuities or what is it? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's all the above. Uh, but that's a new one now. Tax rates are going higher. So you have to have tax-free income coming in so you can keep those, those, that income down. So pay a mountain of tax. Jack your tax rate up one time as high as possible because here's what we're going to do. We're going to predict tax rates. And, of course, you could, of course tax rates are going to go higher. Look at the deficit. Look at the uncontrollable uh, entitlement programs. Okay. I know that that's been around since Ross Perot got Bill Clinton elected. Okay? You do too when you think about, oh, yeah, that's right. That's a hockey stick guy. That was the deficits, running out of control guy. Yep. Been around forever. It's not new. Not new at all. We don't know what tax rates are going to do. We don't have to be predictive. We want to react to what the conditions are. Don't go out there and willy-nilly do this. And certainly be talked into it at a seminar, for gosh sakes. You've got to be kidding me. Yes, there are Roth conversion strategies. Yes, there are beautiful strategies, depending on your circumstance. We talk about it several times a week with our clients. It's, it's, it's an ongoing absolute, but it's absolutely not what you just go do because you went to a seminar. And they're scaring you about what future tax rates are going to be. And then Nancy's going to come along and do this. And da, da, da. It's crazy, but it's true. So don't. Do that, and don't be driven by fear. It makes no sense. You would never tell your kids to go. What you ought to do is react out of fear of everything in your life. So don't. Take a pause. There are professionals out there all over the place willing to help. Have a great rest of the day.